The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Week 6 betting preview. I am joined, as always, by my Action Network colleague and the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, my dude, Stucky Stucky. What is going on? How was your week five? Uh, it was a good week five. It was a profitable week five, thanks to the Vikings, um, which was my number one pick here. It's my biggest play of the weekend. And, uh, yeah, somehow they ended up going down eight. And I said, oh, man, the Seahawks are going to win by eight. Because it's the only way they could ever – that's the highest amount of points they could win a game by is eight. And I had seven and a half. But the Vikings made a nice comeback. And, of course, the Seahawks win in the last second in miracle fashion. So it was a good weekend. Um, there's no Seahawks this weekend, though, so i got to find some other winners fading some other teams. You're still up. I believe it's 15 to 10 now. We both lost on our totals again. Totals continue to be kind of confusing this year, man. We'll talk about it. Uh, but before we kick things off and get right into our Sunday six-pack, because remember, there's no Thursday night football this week. Uh, two very quick reminders. Number one, if you plan to bet on the NFL this season and haven't downloaded the free award-winning Action Network app, what are you doing? It's got betting tools, analysis from myself, Stucky, and the whole Action Network team. And it lets you track every bet that you make. And number two, if you want a chance at a free Vegas vacation, don't forget to enter the Action Pods Tournament of Champions presented by BetMGM. This is the sixth week of this free Yahoo DFS tournament top five each week. Get a chance to play for a free Vegas vacation valued at over $5,000 courtesy of BetMGM. 50 spots in the Wild Card Weekend Grand Finale are still up for grabs. And you've got nothing to lose. Just imagine yourself on that free Vegas vacation. You're gambling, you're drinking, you run into Derek Carr at the Pie Gal poker table. You start chatting, and 15 minutes later, you're sneaking onto John Gruden's porch together to drop off a flaming bag of dog turds. Anything is possible, so sign up now using the link in this episode description. All right, let's get into it, Stuck. We have no Thursday night football. Chiefs Bills is moved to Monday. Yeah, there is no Thursday night football. We do have two Monday night games, which could have both of them could have playoff implications. We'll cover both of them on the weekend recap episode. That'll be out Monday morning. We'll talk about the weekend that was in both college and NFL. Um, and we'll talk about both Monday night games. Also, just a quick plug for our power ratings, which you can now find uh, on actionnetwork.com and the action app. You can just, you can, you know, for any NFL game, you can go and you can see myself, you can see my ratings, you can see Rayvon's ratings. It's a really cool feature now so make sure you check that out so what would you little maniacs like to do first we're going to go right in to the sunday six pack which is where we draft our three top bets each of the sunday slate thirsty for action let's crack open the sunday six pack all right stuck so uh, Again, a pretty good week for both of us. Uh, you hit two of three, including your two-pointer. I hit three of three. 15-10 is the score. For the first pick in the week six, Sunday six-pack, I am going with the Detroit Lions as three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Uh, that line, courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the podcast back in your boy patricia wow for number for two points yeah back in patricia here and the reason is these jaguars you called it last week i mean they, these jaguars they're just bad and i thought they were going to be better than this i thought their offense you know was decent enough that they could kind of stay in games even with a defense that's probably the worst in the in the league but um, they've really struggled over these past few weeks and, they, and the teams they've lost to uh, you know, an 0-4 Texans team, they get blown out by it. They don't even keep it close. 
Uh, they lose to the Dolphins, uh, the Bengals, an, an Ofer Bengals team at the time. Uh, it's tough. three straight teams picked up their first win against the Jags. Yeah, and listen, this Lions team, I don't think they are, you know, quite league worst. I think they're a little bit below average, but um, coming off a bye, I think they should be able to handle this Jaguars team. And, and I think it uh, deletes them a bunch of the, you know, whatever home field advantage the Jags may have, which is not much to begin with. But uh, if you look at road favorites coming off a bye, uh, going back to 2003, uh, 62 and 28 with two pushes, uh, 69% against the spread, uh, according nice. to our Bet Labs database. Yeah, so uh, usually it's tough when you, you're, you're facing a team coming off a bye uh, and they're the superior team. Uh, even though in a, the Lions probably wouldn't stand out in many other weeks. Uh, when I saw this line, I actually jumped on it at two and a half. Uh, but for the purpose of this contest, whether it's three or three and a half doesn't really matter because they have to win by four uh, for me to get the point anyway. I would, I would prefer for anyone out there, uh, if you can get like a three uh, juiced up a little bit, I would prefer that to taking the straight up three and a half just because, you know, key number. But uh, either way, you have a really good uh, margin for error uh, with that 62-28-2 record for road favorites off a of bye, uh, covering by an average of 4.3 points. So you do have some margin for error uh, with this, but uh, still would prefer to get the three. But again, it just comes down to the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, one of the worst in the National Football League, actually rated worst by DVOA. The team as a whole is ranked uh, 28th in the league in DVOA and you know the offense just hasn't been good enough and, and this Lions team what they really needed was this buy you know it kind of sucks to get a buy this early in the year I think long term but uh, this Lions team was a team that just started off the year with a rash of injuries Gaudi missed a couple of games their whole secondary was was banged up at one point uh, but now they're getting healthier uh, Gaudi's back in there he was productive and uh, the, the defense is getting a little healthier so uh, you know Betting on Patricia, but Doug Marone's not exactly a coach I hate betting against. So uh, I'm okay with it here. Going Detroit three and a half uh, against Jacksonville for my number one pick. Yeah, it's a good spot to back the lines. I mean, they needed to get healthier and they're better than their record has indicated so far. I still hope that they show some more variety on defense. I mean, they don't get any pressure. They just sit back and man, they play just pure man cover one 60% of the time and without getting pressure it's hard in the NFL to cover that long uh, but getting their secondary healthy getting their offense healthy across the board I think will help and then on the other side look I agree with you the Jaguars defense is the train wreck I have it rated as the worst in the NFL I think CJ Anderson has a lot of promises a corner he's still a rookie corner there are only two other really good players and think about it it makes sense the Jaguars defense I mean, this is a team back in, what, 2017, just three years ago, that came up play short of the Super Bowl, a one drive short. They had six pro bowlers on that defense. They are now all gone. So, I mean, both their star corners, all of their defensive linemen, everyone is gone. Their two best players by far are Josh Allen off the edge and Miles Jack, who's playing at the all-pro level this year. Both of them were out last week, and they're both questionable again this week. So, especially if you don't, if they don't play, uh, the Lions shouldn't have any issue moving the ball. I personally probably won't bet this game, but I do lead the Lions. I would just like to see some more variety on both sides of the ball from Detroit. So maybe they do that after the bye. On defense, switch it up a little bit, bring a little more pressure. And on offense, like stop handing the ball to Adrian Peterson so much. It's inexplicable. Um, I don't know where that came from. Like he was signed like, what, a week before the season? And and it's like they just forgot about the rookie. They use all these high draft picks on <laughs> running backs, too. Yeah, it makes no sense. You don't even need to do that. You don't even you could have Adrian Peterson, but just throw the ball. But you're but you're wasting all your what are you doing with all your high draft picks on running backs? This is what week six. This may be the last time on this podcast that I back Matt Patricia, either because the spots just never call for it again or because he gets fired. So one way or the other, I'm just I'm just pointing that out. And it's fucked up, but that is the way it is. Fair enough. All right, for my first pick and the second pick of the Sunday six-pack, I am going with the Houston Texans plus three and a half at BetMGM. Uh, this card is not my favorite card in the world. I only had two side plays. I have a couple other leans that I'm going to get to. One of them was you, you, you took as, your first, as the first th- thing in our draft. It wasn't a Lions. It's a play coming up. And I was just like, please don't pick this team. Please don't pick this team. And you did. So my second pick is the second play that I have in the Action Network app, which is the Houston Texans. Um, Look, the first thing I have to say is this is a horrible, horrible situational spot for the Titans. It's 
almost unprecedented. Not quite. But they played on a Tuesday night, and now they're going to have to turn around and play on a Sunday. That's only happened two other times in the last 50 years. It's when the Vikings played the Eagles in 2011 because of a snow game. They got moved to Tuesday. Both those teams lost the following week as short favorites or short dogs. From a preparation standpoint, I mean, they are just so disadvantaged. And and you would think that the market prices this in, but it's really interesting. I went back and looked, and I looked at games where teams have seven regular rest. So you played last Sunday, you're going to play against Sunday, against a team that just came off a Monday, or in this case, a Tuesday. The teams with the regular rest against the teams with less rest were 257, 209, and 12 against the spread. That's 55.2% against the spread. Six and one this year. Just think back to last week. The Chiefs off of Monday night lost outright to the Raiders. The Falcons off a Monday night game. They lost to the Panthers. You would you might say, okay, that's over the last 20 years. It's about 56%. They're covering by like an average margin of about 0.8 points per game. And that's what I adjust this situation for, about a point. And you know, but the market hasn't adjusted. Over the last four years, teams with this extra day of rest, in this case, it's two, 51, 30, and two against the spread 63% over the past four seasons. Um, But let me talk about the matchup. So obviously from a preparation standpoint, rest standpoint, Houston has a big advantage. But Tennessee has just been running like gods all year. I mean, they've been lucky in turnovers, lucky in field position. I mean, this is a team that's Star, average starting field positions like the 34, 35-yard line, which leads the NFL. But let's, let's look back to who they've defeated. They beat the Bills. That score was one of the most misleading scores, and I was on the Titans. 42-16, I think the Bills outgained them. Yards per play were dead even. There was just a bunch of turnovers the Bills had, field position, other stuff. The Vikings, they have one win. The Jaguars, one win. And the Broncos, one win. And those wins over the Vikings, Jaguars, and Broncos – Came by a combined six points. They were outgained in three or four games this year. Yards per play, they have yet to beat an opponent. And they've played three, you know, not great teams and then the Bills. So they've just been overperforming. The defense is still bad. It they don't get pressure. They have injuries in the secondary, and you can run on them. I mean, they're I think dead last in yards per yards per rush. This isn't like so they're not getting pressure. You could find holes in the secondary, and you can also run on this defense. From you know, so if I look just from a yards per play perspective, Houston is third in the NFL and on offense. Tennessee's twenty fifth. Defense, Houston's sixteenth. Tennessee's twenty sixth. Net yards per play, Houston's like a positive yard. Tennessee's negative point seven. They're they're all they're I mean they're thirty six in adjusted sack rate with this banged up secondary. Watson's going to have time to throw. He's going to be able to find receivers against the secondary, and he's not going to get pressured. The offensive line's actually playing well for him this year. He's still taking a lot of sacks. He just holds on to the ball a lot, but he's getting over four seconds. As average time to sacks is about four seconds, which is top five in the NFL. So he has plenty of time, and you don't really have to worry about that with Tennessee. So I think that Houston's going to be able to move the ball at will. On the other side of the ball, I think Houston can get to Tannehill some. They are number six in adjusted sack rate. But they're going to put, they're going to put Roby on A.J. Brown. He's, I think everyone has heard this by now, Roby is the only player the only corner in the NFL this year to shadow, to travel with the opposing receiver every single down of the year. He's traveled with Tyreek Hill, Marquise Brown, Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen, and DJ Chark. They combined for 15 targets, 10 catches, 84 yards on 79 routes. So he's done a really good job. Last year, A.J. Brown ate them alive. He had eight for 114 and four for 124. But Roby wasn't shadowing. When he ran 17 routes against Roby, he had three catches for 27 yards. So Roby's going to follow Brown around, which means you avoid Hargreaves on him, which is the most important thing that you can avoid in this game. It's not that like Roby is the greatest corner in the history of the NFL, but he's playing well, and you can avoid their other corners on A.J. Brown, which means you get Hargreaves on Corey Davis if he plays. You still have some COVID questions with Tennessee up front with Simmons as well. Um, but I, I just think Houston has been, look, they, you remember they had started out with Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and the chiefs, they fire Bill O'Brien last week. We start to see some positive signs. We start to see Deshaun Watson take more deep shots, which this off, which he needs to do. And this offense needs to do their play action rate went up to 30%. It was 16% under O'Brien. So they're more, that was the third lowest in the NFL. 
So they're more aggressive now, not just from a play calling perspective, but that fourth down call said so much about what this staff's going to do. Watson has hinted that he's he's given more leeway now and more freedom. So I think the Bill O'Brien loss is a big addition by subtraction. Look, this team beat Tennessee in their only meeting last year in Tennessee, in their only meeting where A.J. McCarron wasn't playing in Week 17 and it was a meaningless game for one of the teams. Um, so give me Houston here. This Tennessee team defense has a lot of questions. I'm sure Derrick Henry will eat and get his. Um, but I actually think Houston wins this game. So I'll take the Texas plus three and a half. Uh, in a game I make under a field goal after adjusting for this Tuesday to Sunday quick turnaround. I think Watson's going to have a clean pocket. And uh, this year in a clean pocket, he's been outstanding. So I think he'll make enough plays through the air. Roby will do enough against Brown. And uh, some regression is coming for both these teams. Negative to Tennessee, positive to Houston. So I, this this game is pretty much for Houston's season. I think you get their best effort here. And uh, they end up pulling out this win. Yeah, when I first had this power rated, I had it like a five, five and a half. And I had to go back and adjust. And I agree with your points. I mean, you look at DVOA, Houston's 12th, Tennessee's 10th. I don't know how Tennessee keeps pulling out these wins. Uh, I was surprised to see the score as lopsided as it was against Buffalo. I know, you know, it didn't tell the whole story, but they it's kind of almost like Seattle. Like at some point, you just expect them to come back down to earth. And uh, I agree. I think, you know, this is a spot for them, division game. And uh, usually, you know, t- Tennessee's covering by an average of, of more than five points per game. Uh, it's been profitable to, to fade those teams, according to Bet Labs. 98-52-4, 65% success rate against the spread when you're fading those teams uh, from week five on, a team that's covering by an average of five points or more. So a good situational spot to back the Texans uh, here. Yeah, we'll see We'll see what, that, what happens with this total too because almost every single game that Ryan Tannehill plays, the game total goes over. I think he started 14 or 16 games and only two of them have gone under. But yeah, I like the Texans here. Anything over three, which you should be able to get. Yeah, to the home at home for for Tannehill, sixteen and four going back to two thousand and sixteen when he's at home. So something about just being at home, uh, and then yeah, with Tennessee, it's just it it almost it's never missed. I'll take any motherfucker's money if he's giving it away. All right, for the third pick in the week six Sunday six pack, and uh, my second pick, I am going with the San Francisco 49ers. Two and a half point underdogs at home against the LA Rams. I know this is one that you wanted to take, uh, the one that you referenced early. And I completely agree. I think this line is off to the point where we're probably looking at a situation where the wrong team is favored. I mean, I know San Francisco had a meltdown last week against Miami. I think that we all have underrated Miami a little bit, especially considering who their coach is and Brian Flores. Uh, you know, I think one of the better uh if not best Belichick, you know, kind of disciples, members of that coaching tree that's gone on uh, to, to another team. And that, that makes this Miami team really tough. And uh, I'm not reading too much into this, that San Francisco collapse. I think it was just one of those weeks, both sides of the ball were just off. Um, They're still at home This is their second straight home game. Now, Uh, you know, LA, not like they have third straight, third straight. They've they've been upset the last two. Okay. Yeah. So third straight home game. Uh, you know, I think you know that th- that puts them at a situational advantage, even though LA not, not really traveling far, um, you know, to play them, they were in DC last week to play the uh, Washington football team. So I think it's a good situational spot for San Fran. I don't make this number. Uh, I don't have these teams rated, you know, more than, you know, about two, two and a half points apart to where uh, the, Ram should be a, a road favorite, much less a, you know, two and a half to, I've seen th- up to three and a half. I actually got this at four for the Rams to be a road favorite. Uh, I don't think they should be by that much. Uh, I think that, you know, Sean McVay's done a great job. Kyle Shanahan will do, uh, he'll get his team right. And you look at the defense, it's going to be an, an issue, I think, for, for longer in the year. But the offense, uh, you know, I don't even know if it was really Jimmy G's ankle bothering him or he was just having a bad game. I mean, he has those games every once in a while. Looks like he's probably going to start this week. He is practicing. Uh, but but uh, even if he doesn't, I think, like, at this point, whether you have Bethard, whether you have Mullins, whether you have Jimmy G, uh, this offense has enough weapons. The running game is good enough 
for you to stay in this game against the Rams. And I expect this, the, the 49ers coming off two games where, I mean, you go from the 49ers, where are they favorite? Where are they close against Philly? Nine point favorites with, with Mullins at quarterback. Then you go to the, the Dolphins and they close as nine point favorites and they're still at home. And all of a sudden they're closing is, is, you know, like three, three point dogs with probably their starting quarterback. It's too much, too much of an overreaction. Uh, give me the Niners as two and a half point dogs. I think this is the spot that they show up. Uh, they're better than they've played the last couple of weeks. They, they, they caught bad breaks against Philly had a, had a, just a really poor game against Miami, but uh, I'm not buying it. I think this is still a team that uh, could beat any team on any given Sunday. Yeah, I, I completely agree. This was actually my favorite bet of the weekend. I got some three and a half. You should get Mosley and Witherspoon back at corner. Witherspoon came in the game yet last week, but he didn't start. You had like a bunch of practice guys starting at corner. Yeah, Brian last Allen. Week for San Fran. I mean, it was bad. And they obviously have injuries all over, but their offense is finally healthy. I think the difference here is the linebacker position. So with the Rams, the Rams are running play action 50% of plays. That would be an NFL record. I think the record is like 40% for a full season. And they're just getting Goff is, I mean, they're running the ball while they're, Goff's getting rid of the ball very quickly. And when he's, when he's under pressure, he still stinks. I mean, under pressure, he's two touchdowns, two picks, and he's 55% adjusted completion percentage, 27th out of 30 quarterbacks, minimum 100 completions. Clean pocket, adjusted completion percentage, 92%. Six touchdowns, one pick. He's just throwing these little short passes. There's no depth to their passing game. There's no deep threat. Well, what does San Fran still do really well? You know, they don't have Sherman. You know, they, you, they don't have Williams in the slot, but they should get Mosley and Witherspoon back. But regardless, they still cover. They still can get pressure, even with their injuries to Bosa and Ford. So I think they'll get the, the golf a couple times to cause him to throw into some mistakes, but they defend the short pass really well. Their linebackers are really strong in coverage. Uh, and if you just look from a DVA perspective, San Fran's corner injuries, this is where this shows up. They're 30th in the NFL against a deep pass. doesn't really bother you against the Rams. They're not a deep throwing team. They're second against the short pass. They're sixth against tight ends. So these are the things that the Rams want to do. Cup can give them some problems in the slot, I think. Uh, but I think overall, San Fran's defense can have a much better showing here, and they match up really well. On the other side of the ball, you know, the Rams are really vulnerable at linebacker. I mean, you have Kenny Young and Troy. I mean, you know, they lost Littleton. Kaiser's hurt. I mean, he's been bad. But Kenny Young and Troy Reader, I mean, these guys, these are awful in coverage. And then if you're putting them in, if you're only playing one of them and then you're playing a safety, you're very vulnerable against the run. So, I mean, the Rams are vulnerable against tight ends. The Rams are vulnerable against power running games and then these passes over the middle. And that's where Sam, that's where I think Shanahan's going to thrive here. Uh, look, the Rams have played well. I give them credit. I bumped them, but they played their wins came all over the N- NFC East, Philly, Giants, and Washington. I mean, bad O lines, <laughs> bad, linebacker, yes. bad linebackers, bad yeah. safeties, bad quarterback play. Like, and they easily could have lost to Dallas, but like, that's it. They just beat the NFC East. So, and then on top of that, you throw in some travel. The Rams have gone September 13th, one month ago, exactly. They were in LA. They played the Cowboys. They go to Philly across the country, come back, go back, play Buffalo, come back, go back, play Washington, come back, and now go to San Fran. So they've had six trips across the country. So, I mean, if they've had a lot of travel here. Maybe that catches up to them. But I just think it's a good matchup. I think we say linebackers don't matter. And in a lot of NFL games, they don't. Linebackers matter against the 49ers. Uh, so I think you're going to see a big game from Kittle. You're going to see the 49ers have a lot of success running the ball. And then this 49ers defense can generate enough pressure naturally, even without some of their pieces up front, to force Goff into mistakes. And more importantly, they can defend their tight ends in the short passing game which is how you beat the rest. So this is a great spot to buy low on the 49ers. I completely agree with you. Yeah, and, and to, to your point about the pressure and the short pass game, San Francisco still, and they've been missing most of their key guys for most of the year at this point, uh, they're still third in pressure rate at 29.5%. And their defensive average depth of target, which again, they've been missing most of their guys for the whole year. So 66 that is number one in the league, the shortest depth of target. So, you know, this is this is exactly what, what you were talking about with, you know, this is not a great matchup for Goff, and it wasn't last year, and uh, it, it continues not to be. Yep, completely agree. The NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD. 
and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. All right, for my second pick in the fourth overall for the Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus one at BetMGM. Uh, I'd said before that I only played two sides so far, the Niners and the Texans. And one of those reasons, and we'll get to this later, is it's like an elite teaser week. I have, so, I have so many teaser pieces that you can tease through the three and seven. The Bucs were one of them. I teased the Bucs early, early in the week. They were plus two and a half. I tease them up to plus eight and a half, which I love. So if, if, depending on what you can find out there, if you can tease us up over seven, I love that. But I make, you know, and especially if you can get the Bucks as an underdog throughout the week, shop around. I like that as well. I make the Bucks about a one-point favorite here. Look, I've said it before. I'm not yet fully buying into this Packers team. I've upgraded them from last year. Aaron Rodgers is playing really well. There's He looks different. The offense looks different. His, you know, drop back how quick he's getting rid of the ball there's real things here with this offense but the defense is still really really vulnerable and it looks like Devontae Adams and Chris Godwin are both going to play that's my assumption as of now uh they both were practicing today can we talk about who the Packers well first talk about the Packers have beat the Falcons and all of their secondary got hurt all of their secondary they played the Vikings in week one with like 15 rookie corners they played the Lions week two. All of their corners were out. And then they played the Saints. Like, the Saints is the, the one game that I give them credit for. And they got a – they got a, and the Saints haven't been great. Marshawn Lattimore has been the worst corner in the NFL. So, you know, but I give them credit. But they have four wins over teams. Their four wins came against four teams with a combined five wins. It's not like the Saints have been world beaters this year. So, this is the first real defense they're going up against. Tampa Bay, their defense is legit. They're top five DBA against the run, against the pass overall. They also defend – backs really well they defend the short pass really well and they have a couple corners on the outside who are playing really really good football in Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis they're playing really well both these teams excel against guarding number one receivers they're both top 10 the Bucks are actually number two in the NFL guarding number one receivers so even if Devonta Adams comes back the Bucks can you know they're not going to shut them down but they can contain them same with the Packers. They could contain, say, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, which Jair Alexander, he's been arguably the best corner in the NFL this year. But there are other options at corner aren't great. So one of the biggest advantages in this game to me is you have two teams that aren't allowing a lot of pressure. And their the quarterbacks I, will have time to throw it. They're going to get rid of the ball quick at other times. But the biggest advantage will be that second elite receiver for the Bucs that the Packers do not have. So at the end of the day, I think that's going to end up being the difference. And just look, defensively, everyone's all about Green Bay, Green Bay, Green Bay. Tampa Bay, number two DBA defense, four versus pass, three versus rush. Green Bay, 29, 25 versus pass, 25 versus rush. This defense, this defense you can still run on. There's still opportunities to throw on them. I love the way the Tampa offensive line has played this year. So I think Brady's going to get time. And I think having Godwin back is going to make all the difference. And, and ultimately, I think the, ta- the Tampa defensive front six or seven is going to make more plays than Green Bay. So I mean, Green Bay's linebackers, their interior defensive line. It's just, it's basically Zedaria Smith trying to make plays. That's it. And look, this is a great matchup on paper. Tampa Bay D, number one in yards per drive allowed at about 28. Green Bay, number one in yards per drive on offense, about 51. But strength on strength here. The one thing that you have to be concerned about is Vita Vea is out, which is huge in a number of ways. I mean, he just – he can get pressure up the middle, but he also eats blocks in that nose position, and he requires a double team a lot of the time. Now, the Packers have a great center in Lindsley who would have done a, 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 as good of a job as anyone on him, but he eats blocks and prevents those linebackers. You know, Levante David, who might be one of the most underrated 
defenders in the NFL from just moving all around. It gives them the ability. It's such an important position in the 3-4 base defense. So how will they replace him? It remains to be seen. Tampa Bay's run defense has been elite for the last two years. Because one of the reasons is Vea. So how much do we see a drop-off of Sue and of Golston up front and of the offensive lineman getting to the second level to get a hat on those linebackers? That remains to be seen. Now, he's still just a defensive lineman. He's not worth three points, two points. Um, I downgraded the Bucks about .7 points. I think it's somewhere between a half a point and a point. I still have to see where it is. So even, even after downgrading, I still make Tampa – uh, a favorite here. So if you can get them as a dog, especially, or tease them up over seven, I think it's a good opportunity to buy them low here after that game against the Bears. Yes, the Packers are coming off of a bye, but they couldn't have been playing any better than they were on offense. And Tampa played on Thursday night, so they have extra time here too. So that advantage kind of gets washed out. Uh, give me the Tampa defense and their corners and that second elite receiver look I know Rodgers has been throwing it to everyone anyone doesn't matter Bob Tonga you you name it doesn't (laughs) matter but but he's played the worst set of corners in the NFL I I like the Bucs here to get it done at home all this love for the Packers finally ends yeah this is clearly like recency bias I mean the Bucs had a meltdown in that Chicago game I mean it was great for your cover and that was a we didn't even talk about your call of uh your pep talk call for uh, Cairo Santos last week, which was spot on. That's right. We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure. We've come too far. There's too much to lose. We've got to just keep our composure. But the, the Bucks had a meltdown, in, in, you know, on offense in that game in, in a couple of ways. I don't expect... They also, they statistically dominated the game. Right. And I, I bet you this on Twitter. The game changed when the Bucks were up 17-3, third and 12, False start in the Bears. They accidentally called on the defense. Instead of third and 17 and a likely punt, becomes third and seven. Bears convert, score a touchdown. Tampa fumble, yeah. another touchdown, and then it's 17-17. That could have easily been a blowout. It was kind of an odd game, one of those Thursday games. As you mentioned, both of them coming off a bye, or both of them coming off longer rest than usual. And you do have some situational spots. Uh, you know, Bruce Arians in his career coming off a straight-up loss, 24-15 and 15 against the spread. Uh, 1-0 this year. Tom Brady in his career coming off uh, and against a spread loss uh, is 56-33 and 33 with two pushes in the next game since 0-3. Uh, uh, Tom Brady coming off a straight-up loss, 31-12, and 12, 72%. Uh, so you have some spots here uh, for the Bucks, and, and nothing is popping for, you know, trend-wise for me for the Packers. Uh, I got not even one trend popping for the Packers uh, on BetWabs for me. So uh, I bet the Bucks as well at plus two. And uh, I agree, I have them as a small favorite. So uh, yeah, like it, think this defense is for real. Losing Bay of Hurts, but uh, uh, toughest matchup the Packers I've seen. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. All right, for the fifth pick in the Sunday six-pack and my third pick overall, going with the Pittsburgh Steelers as field goal favorites over the Cleveland Browns. And you kind of alluded to it earlier, Stuck. This is not, I think, the best uh, card that we've had so far. It's a little bit tougher. There's kind of like couple of tiers of, of, of types of games. There's like these games in that touchdown range, and there's the games in these field goal, like these closer games. Uh, I went with the Steelers because this is a time of year where I think the market starts to get pretty efficient for the most part. I think they're off in a couple of spots, namely those two games we just mentioned. But I think you really have to start looking into uh, the coaching and, and the O-line play and situation. So uh, offensive line and pressure looms large here. Like if this was just any normal two teams, maybe this would be about about three, three and a half, four points for the Steelers but I actually make this five and the reason is Baker Mayfield against pressure is not the situation you want to be backing the Browns in the Steelers number one in the league in pressure rate at 40 percent that is ungodly 
40% pressure rate uh, for the Steelers. Uh, Baker Mayfield, if you look at his numbers uh, this season, Pro Football Focus has 34 qualified quarterbacks uh, that, that meet the minimum drop back requirement for passer rating under pressure. Baker Mayfield is 33 of 34 with a 30.9 passer rating uh, under pressure this season. This is just not the spot. One touchdown, three picks, not the spot that you want Baker Mayfield going against the Steeler defense. Everything else, I think, you know, offensively, both of these teams playing well. Uh, The Browns are actually better, I think, a little better without Chubb. He's been middling in success rate. Kareem Hunt's been near the top of the league. The Steelers, I mean, remember remember stuck when they told us that rookies, this was not a good year for rookies and, and you know, rookie receivers weren't going to weren't gonna do well? Chase Claypool said, forget that. Forget all that shit. I mean, yep. just like... Jefferson, too. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. Oh, it, Ruggs had a long touchdown. There's a difference in the game uh, for, for the Raiders last week. The Steelers got 60 rushing yards on two carries from Ray Ray McLeod. They're a special teamer. Like the Steelers are quicking on offense. Uh, I think that, you know, having a, like a extra buy early in the season really helped them um, because their defense was already really good and, and their offense, they're kind of getting it together and they've been able to weather the storm. They're going to be able to weather the storm. Even if Deontay Johnson, you know, who we thought was going to be one of their top three receivers uh, is out because of how well Claypool is playing. And now Ray Ray McLeod, even they're getting uh, productive snaps out of him. You have you have McFarland starting to do some things in the backfield, so it's not just Connor. You have you know four backs you can throw in there. Roethlisberger is getting it done. It's you know out of all these kind of older quarterbacks, you know him and, and Rodgers uh, are really I think looking the best. So uh, the Steelers team, like I keep feeling like there's a time that I'm going to want to bet against them, but this line has you know moved a little bit in uh, you know toward the Browns. From, you know, and against the Steelers. And so uh, I got it at, uh, I got it, I bet it at four, then I bet it again at two and a half. And uh, BetMGM, the official odds provider of the podcast, has it at three. Uh, I like it at three. This is a completely a play on uh, Baker Mayfield struggling against pressure, uh, not the type of matchup for him, especially against a team that you really can't knock it like for any major weaknesses in the, in the Steelers. Whereas the Browns, they've been playing well, especially on offense, but the defense has been a little shaky. Phillip Rivers gave them nine points last week. I knew that was going to happen eventually, and it came out. We were both on the on the Colts on that one. I mean, on the Browns on that one, luckily. But, you know, that that's not going to happen every week. I don't think it happens this week. So going with the Steelers as field goal favorites. I've been higher on the Browns in the market all year long. You know, going back to the Bengals game when I bet them, when I had them eight and a half, they should have covered them so on over that. You know, the, the win against the Colts was impressive to me, and I, I still want – they have been running pretty lucky in turnovers, so there, there could be some regression there. The Steelers, look, they've beat the Giants by 10, the Broncos and their backups by 5, the Texans by 7, and then the Eagles by 9. So, like, I you know, I can't get too impressed with what the Steelers have done so far uh, against teams. Uh, they haven't beat a team with more than one win yet this year. Their offensive line isn't as good as it's been in the past for a variety of reasons. I want to see – first, the one thing I want to watch here is what Miles Garrett and how that all goes down. Last year, there was all that drama. We can see how chippy it's going to get. But I make – so I've, I've been higher on, on the Browns than the market all year, and I'm high on the Steelers too, but I may actually make this two and a half. We're going to learn a lot about both teams, and especially the Steelers. And, yeah, look, you're, I don't think your handicap is wrong – about saying Mayfield has struggled under pressure. Yeah, one touchdown, three picks, 42.5% completion percentage. When he's kept clean, it's eight touchdowns, one interception, 68% completion percentage. So can they, the Cleveland offensive line keep him clean? And Cleveland's offensive line has been awesome. One of the best in the NFL. They're number one in adjusted line yards, so their run blocking is great too. And that they're going up against a pit defensive line. It's number one in adjusted line yards and number one in adjusted sack rate. So it's strength on strength here. One of the things that might swing this battle is Wyatt Teller might be out for the Browns. He's arguably been the best guard in the NFL this year. So, yeah, I, I have this line spot on. I think it'll be a really good game. and But I, I can't disagree with your cap because that's basically what's happening this year with the Browns is twofold. They, it's their offensive line. So they address their offensive line via the draft, via offseason acquisitions, and the coaching changes. Probably stay away from me, though. Like, yeah, real quick. I mean, yeah, I agree with you on the Steelers. I think they're, they're a quality of opponent. It hasn't been good. But you look at the Browns. I mean, 
they beat the 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 football team. The, the Bengals they bear they don't cover against. They beat the football team. They rack, rack up the score. They get Dallas, who let's be real, they're they were way overrated coming into the year. And then the Colts give them nine. Phil Rivers gives them nine points. The the one opponent that has like I would say an above average offense, above average defense, because I don't consider the Colts to have an above average offense really. Not with Rivers playing like that. I think they came in number twenty four in DVOA. The four, the only team that really does that they played was the Ravens. That was on opening day. Now maybe. There's COVID and, you know, preparation, but they got blown out 38 to six. So, I, you know, in this situation, I kind of, I'm not ready to give the Browns all that credit yet. I think they've had a, they've, they're just another one of these teams, kind of like the Packers that they've run into some really favorable opponents. And you're right. We will learn a lot about them, but uh, at a field goal, I think I have to, I have to go Steelers like that. that I think the opener was a little closer and you may be, you may prove right though, because, you know, it's a division game. Anything could happen. We saw it with the Raiders, but yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not impressed with the Browns opponents either. Fair enough. Uh, for my final pick and the sixth pick of the Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons plus four. Oh, boy. No Quinn. Minnesota Vikings. Um, look, I don't I don't love any other games. This is the closest one that comes to value for me. And I have an article up on actionnetwork.com and the Action Network app about how teams have overperformed slightly after the coach changes. I think what a lot of that is, it's usually the coaches bad. So you're getting rid of them is usually a good thing. The team's also bad, but the second that the next week, you can usually your tendencies will change a little bit. You can, all right, let's try to do this this week. Let's try to do this. And then the other team doesn't have film on you for that. Right. So they're preparing for everything that they've seen before. We saw it with Houston last week. One of the reasons I was on them against Jacksonville, and we saw their play action rate almost double, more aggressive shots down the field. They were more aggressive on fourth downs. So I think a bit that's gonna work. I think it's gonna work in Atlanta's favor. These two teams are really similar in the fact that their their defenses have been poor, specifically in the secondaries. So they're giving up a ton of plays. They're dead last in the NFL and giving up 20-plus yard plays. I, I imagine both offenses are going to have plenty of shots downfield. They have a number of capable receivers that can make the, make the plays. Dalvin Cook's out for Minnesota. I know they have capable backups, but it's still a, a bit of a drop-off for Going into last week, the NFL's leading rusher, leading broken tackler, just to lose, lose a little bit of explosiveness. Not a huge downgrade, but just worth mentioning. Um, I think Grady Jarrett can actually create a, some havoc up the middle and blow up that pocket and maybe create a couple big plays on defense. That might end up being the difference. I mean, this total is sitting at 55. Look, if you're going to get Atlanta's best effort, new coach, they're 0-5. You're going to see some new things for them, which works to their advantage. I make this line closer to three. And I think it's just going to come down to who can make a couple more explosive plays downfield. Atlanta is just as capable here as Minnesota, who's still not generating as much pressure as they usually do. And their corners are so young. And you might have to go up against Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. I don't love it, but at plus four here with the new coach and potential for some of the new things that you'll see. Uh, I think in a game of where the offenses should shine, uh, I'll, I'll take the plus four. Yeah. I mean, it's a new day, you know, you have the piece up on, on action network. Everybody should go read it about the coaches and the coaching changes and that cashed for Houston last week. Uh, and I have a piece up as well about, uh, Dan Quinn and, and just how we should judge NFL head coaches. And I think we should pay a lot more attention to against the spread record for head coaches, because, uh, it's kind of the one thing that, you know, somewhat efficiently, Gage is a coach against the talent level he has. And, you know, is he able to outperform that over time? And Dan Quinn repeatedly was just unable to. I mean, you look at pretty much any situation for the Falcons uh, when they were like favorites uh, before December, nine and 27 against the spread. Uh, you know, after a loss, he was 15 and 25 against the spread. Like it, it was just bad for Dan Quinn just not getting this team prepared. So I, I think you see kind of a shock to the system. Uh, Morris did some good things when he took over the defense last year. So you'd hope that can kind of come together quickly because I mean, they just weren't, they, they could have beat the, I mean, you get, you say you're going to give up, uh, you know, 16 points in the first 52 minutes of the game to the Panthers. And, and you're telling me a Falcons team at home against that defense shouldn't win that game. And granted I was on the Panthers, but like you're telling me a Falcons team shouldn't win that game. That's absurd. Uh, but you know, they, they can't get stops. They make, they, they made Mike Davis look like, Christian McCaffrey. And, uh, you know, I think that should improve. So 
Uh, you know, getting it at more than a field goal, I don't hate it. Uh, it's tough game for me to cap. Falcons still don't have much talent uh, on on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think, but uh, they can't keep playing this bad on offense. That 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 just surprises me. That you know, Matt Ryan's becoming part of the problem. Uh, maybe Julio Jones plays this week, and that'll help. All right, so that wraps it up for our Sunday six pack. Let's get right into our favorite total of the week. We continue to misfire on totals here. I think you had the Steelers under. I had the Falcons over. Both of those did not cash. Where are you going this week? Yeah, I'm still trying to adjust to totals, and I've made adjustments. I had a big article out about why totals, why points are up, penalties, pace, communication, et cetera, et cetera. I'm still, it's almost a different game this year. So I'm still, I've kept keeping my totals volume low. I did play one this weekend, which is the one I'm going to use here, and that is the Broncos Patriots under 44 and a half at BetMGM. The Broncos might actually get AJ Boya back this week, which could only help. But let's just say that he doesn't play. He did just come off IR, and they were expecting to play once he did. This New England team, look, there's a lot of uncertainty and weirdness about this game. It was supposed to be played last week and the Patriots didn't even practice today. There hasn't been a lot of practicing, but, and Drew Locke might play for the Broncos. He might not. The Patriots are coming off a loss. They've had all this time to prepare for the Broncos offense, which is all banged up at receiver at tight end. I don't think new England is going to have any issues shutting down this Denver offense. And the other side of the ball, I, look, I, I think that you're going to see a heavy rushing attack from New England and presumably Cam Newton, at quarterback. But they don't really have the weapons to beat, beat you, you know, take advantage of some of the questions that Denver has at, in the secondary, especially if Boye doesn't play. And Fangio really just wants to keep everything in front of him. I, I haven't despised how Denver is defended against the run so uh, this year. So I, I think that you're going to see a heavy rush game script from the Patriots You're going to see them get up, kind of sit on the ball. I don't think they'll have any issues shutting down this Denver offense, regardless of who plays at quarterback. They are just so beat up. So this smells to me like a, you know, 24-13-ish Patriots win. So give me the under there. Yeah, I think that's the best under of the week. I mean, I don't think the Patriots have any interest in throwing the ball around. If you look at some of their key, their losses and, the interceptions that came in key spots. I mean, Cam Newton throwing that pick to Dunbar kind of changed the complexion of that Seattle game. Uh, and then, you know, Hoyer making those ridiculous mistakes in that Kansas city game, uh, you know, kind of took them out of that game. And, and then, you know, things went downhill from there. So uh, I think they have no interest in running, I mean, in throwing a ball around the yard against the inferior opponent that, as you said, they know they can shut down on the other side of the ball. I think this defense is still going a little underrated. You know, they played Seattle, who's going to put up points on everyone. They held KC basically in check. If Julian Edelman doesn't drop the ball into the defender's lap, they, they allow uh, a touchdown less in that game as well. So uh, great defense for New England. Uh, I like it here. Uh, for me, I'm going uh, – I jumped around a bit. I played a few uh, overs. I did play this under that, that you just mentioned. I played a few overs this week. Uh, I played the Giants and, and – uh, Football team over at 43. I thought that was too low for, especially for two bad teams. But uh, for for this pick, I'm going Lions, Jaguars over 53 and a half. And uh, this is a spot where I'm looking at the Lions and they, as you mentioned, their defense, they're going to sit back. They don't get much pressure. Uh, And then on the other end, the Jaguars are the worst defense in the league. So uh, just two teams I expect to to be able to put up some points. Uh, The Jaguars, if they have anything going for them, uh, is that their offense hasn't been completely terrible. Uh, they are number 10 in offensive DVOA. So uh, I think the Jaguars can at least move the ball. And uh, I think this will turn into somewhat of a, a back and forth uh, affair, or at least the Jaguars kind of chasing the Lions. So uh, like the over here in, in this one, it's been bet up a little bit. I think it op- I got it at 52 and a half, but uh, I make it uh, around 55. So taking the over 53 and a half, in Jags Lions. Don't hate it. All right. So to recap, uh, for the six pack, Stuck has uh, Houston plus three and a half, the Bucks minus one, and Atlanta plus four. I have San Francisco plus two and a half, the Lions minus three and a half, and Pittsburgh minus three. And then for our totals, Stuck has the Patriots, Broncos under 44 and a half, and I have the Lions, Jags over. 
53 and a half. Now let's get in to our favorite teaser play of the week. Oh, yeah. Six point teasers. All right, Stuck. I know that this is a great teaser week. You teased it earlier in the show. So uh, talk to me about teasers this week. Uh, I'll just tell the people for anyone out there that's unfamiliar. Uh, if you're teasing, it's usually you combine two or more bets. You get six points is a standard. Uh, additionally, uh, toward the spread of each bet. So for example, if you're teasing an eight-point favorite, they become a two-point favorite. And if you're teasing an eight-point underdog, they become a 14-point underdog stuck. Uh, talk to me about all the teaser spots you like this week and uh, where you decided to go with your pick for the pot. Yeah, basically if you tease across three and seven, and I have a piece out on actionnetwork.com and action. Network app, uh, updated teaser guide rules, and specifically talking uh, about teaser options this week. And there's six, six options this week that allow you to tease through the three and seven. If you include Monday night with the Cowboys, which you can tease to over seven. I should say five now. Look out for the Bucks. The Bucks now have kind of come down a little bit. But you have, you know, the Bengals, you can tease down. You have the Ravens, you can tease down. The Bears, you can tease up. The Washington football team, you can tease up. I've used all of them and the Bucks and the Cardinals in a teaser in some form or fashion. But for this, my favorite teaser of the week is going to be the Ravens minus one and a half with the Bears plus seven and a half currently at BetMGM. Keep in mind, if you can or you want to wait, you try to – Look for to get it over eight. I talk about that in the article. You might see more eights start to pop up than sevens as far as final score margins as these teams start to go for too late when they're down 14. So instead of just automatically, yeah, hey, we'll kick the extra point and then seven, now you go for two early and it either ends eight or six. But anyway, it's still very valuable to get over the seven. That's just one one off instance. Um, but the Bears here. Look, I, I the Bears are a fraudulent four and one team. Uh, the Panthers are also kind of a fraudulent three and two team. They've had a couple fortunate wins. They played a lot better than I thought. Um, these two teams are rated fairly similar to me, so getting the Bears up over seven is very appealing to me, especially when you consider that the Panthers have a number of key defensive injuries this year. Short is out for the year. Not a huge loss. He'll make headlines. He hasn't been playing great. He's kind of past his prime. But he has a big body in the middle of that defense. But more importantly, uh, Gross Matos and Brian Burns are both very, very questionable to play this week. And those two are their best edge rushers. Uh, so that would be a big loss for both of them. They have injuries in the secondary as well with a couple guys banged up. So that only helps the Bears case. I think the Bears will be able to run the ball against this Panthers defense, which is still not a great defense by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Look, I got to give credit to Mike Davis. He leads the NFL in yards after contact for attempt. They're like four and a half. It leads the NFL in elusive rating. It's crazy. He's playing so well. Well, Running backs uh, don't matter. Crowd loves that. Um, But I think these two teams are really similar. So give me – I could see this game going either way. Uh, I'll take – over seven, which should be a close game. And, and another thing is this game, lower total. So that's another thing with Washington, too. You tease a team, you know, around a two to three point underdog over seven, becomes even more valuable those points when the total is low with, you know, scoring and points at a premium. Uh, and then the Ravens, look, I, I'll take them at minus one and a half here uh, against the Eagles. I think it's a really good matchup for the Ravens. Eagles still so bagged up. I mean, where they have one healthy offensive lineman. In from the beginning of the year, I mean, Jason Kelsey at center. Uh, Wentz is still playing terribly. The receivers, I don't care if Deshaun Jackson comes back or Alshon Jeffrey. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Zach Gertz looks like he's done. I mean, he couldn't break a tackle if I was trying to tackle him at this point. That's one of the weak areas of the Ravens' defense right now with their young linebackers. They haven't guarded tight ends well. So if there was Goddard here and Ertz, maybe it would be a concern of mine. But speaking of bad linebackers and safeties, that's what the Eagles are. That's what the Ravens can exploit. Eagles 30th in the NFL guarding tight ends. They have no linebackers. They have no safeties. Yeah, they're going to get some pressure with the defensive line. Lamar is going to take off. They have no linebackers. They have no safeties to catch up with them, to guard the tight ends, to guard over the middle of the field, which is where the Ravens and Lamar Jackson want to live. He practiced fully today. 
said he's 100% from all the reports that I read. So I think he hasn't been running as much. I think you're going to see him run more on Sunday. And uh, the Ravens are going to blitz Wentz. He's going to make some mistakes. They can match up with whatever receivers they have on the outside. Uh, this is what the Ravens do. They're going to get a lead. They beat up on these bad teams, and they just they just get a lead, blitz you to death, make force you into mistakes, uh, and then blow you out. So uh, I'll take the Ravens and the Bears. This might also be a spot if you want to chase your uh... – you're under from last week with the Eagles. I told you on the for some reason their road games go over. Uh, their home games twenty six and eleven toward the under. So uh, it's been getting bet up. Some some money's coming in on the on the, the number. So uh, if the Ravens blow them out, like I think we both think they probably will, it'll likely be because the Eagles just aren't putting up many points. So uh, I can only stomach one under a week right now. So <laughs> until fair. until I see more, <laughs> just 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 putting that out there. But uh, yeah, I'm going with the Ravens as well for all the reasons you mentioned, and uh, going with the Washington football team up to eight and a half for my other one. Uh, you know, getting them, you know, teasing them through the three, the seven, and the eight, I think is a good spot. Listen, the, the Giants, both of these teams are losing by an average of ten points a game plus. Uh, but the difference is the football team actually was able to pull out a, a divisional win. Uh, against the the Eagles here and the Giants we haven't seen that yet so I I don't think either of these teams is going to pull away from each other but uh, you know if it is I think it's more likely to be the the Washington side so getting them up to eight and a half uh, is for a team that I think could very well win the game uh, is a is a good spot so going with both DMV teams the Ravens the Beltway the Beltway there, there you go there you go the Ravens down to one and a half the Football team up to eight and a half. And of course, Stuck, you have the Ravens one and a half and the Bears seven and a half. Daniel Jones under pressure, 44% of dropbacks. Giants have allowed a league high 84 pressures and they're going against that Washington defensive line. It's number two in adjusted sack rate. Uh, that might be the difference in the game. Love that teaser piece as well. All right. And so let's get right into our Moneyline Underdog Parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. We almost hit last week uh, a point short for those Vikings, but uh, they, uh, you know, they still covered for you. But where are you going with your dog for this week? One, you say one point short, one half of a yard, I think, right. would have got that yard. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, for mine, I, I already mentioned it. I think that I have this team favored, and they're at home in a great buy low spot, and I think they match up well on both sides of the ball. Uh, so give me the 49ers in a bounce back divisional spot here. Yeah, I totally agree. I like the 49ers, uh, you know, have them favored as well. So a little bit of an overreaction last week as ugly, as shocking as it may have been uh, for them to, to drop one to the Dolphins. I think it's, it's important not to overreact this early in the year. Uh, so I like them as well. I am going with the Chicago Bears, and you kind of mentioned it, both the Bears and the Panthers, a little lucky to be you know, where they are record-wise with the Bears 4-1, and one, the Panthers 3-2. and two. Uh, But I think that the Panthers uh, in this spot uh, are going to struggle a little bit more. You know, they, they've, run it, they've, they've run really hot in terms of playing against uh, defenses that they can uh, kind of get it done against. You know, they played the Raiders, they played the – the Falcons, they played the, yeah, the Chargers actually have a good defense and the Panthers. Yeah. The Panthers were lucky to win that game. And then, you know, the Cardinals pretty shaky game. I think they had a bunch of their safeties out. So uh, the Panthers have been getting kind of lucky. I think, I think they'll struggle against a, a team like Chicago, who's number five in DVOA uh, on defense. And um, you know, for, you know, the Panthers still only put up 20 point, 23 points in that game against the Falcons I think you would have wanted and expected a little bit more uh, from them. Uh, the defense still 23rd uh, in DVOA, so I don't expect the the Bears to you know struggle as much as they have against some of these other teams that they played. You know, the Bucks, the the Colts, who have been some of the better teams. Uh, and yeah, I make this a, a coin flip game, and you're getting points with the Bears. You're getting plus money uh, with the Bears here. So as crazy as it sounds, I expect the Bears to be five and one. By the time this weekend is over, taking the Bears at plus 105 here. So if you parlay the Niners plus 135 and the Bears plus 105, uh, you would win $381 on a $100 bet for a total payout of 481 So hopefully those guys hit for you this week. 
Now let's get into the best of the rest, which are the games that we did not discuss in any other segment. So let's start with those Dolphins. They are hosting the Jets. They are nine and a half point favorites. Seems like a lot for the Dolphins. 47 and a half is the total, but talked about Adam Gase. And I have a trend set up in Bet Labs where I get an alert to fade Adam Gase anytime he is a road dog of five and a half points or more. That system, a cool 16 and four, 80% in Gase's career, including 2 and 0 this year. On the other side, Brian Flores. He eats these teams alive that have bad offenses. Flores versus offenses that average five and a half yards per play or below, 12 and three against the spread in his career, three and oh this season. Talk people out of laying the points with the Dolphins there and stuff. Uh, I make, I mean, it's Fitzpatrick, right? So maybe as a favorite, (laughs) he doesn't do as well as when he's underdog. You expect him to win. And then so maybe that. Fitz magic. Fitz magic. Fitz magic. I make it around a touchdown, so I can't lay the 10. But don't bet the Jets. I've been saying it all year. They're 0-5 against the spread. I, buy, you, you can try to buy them low. I, you're trying to catch an anvil that's falling from the sky. A complete pass for me. Pass, pass, pass. Don't bet the Jets. <laughs> I mean, at, on that note, uh, we didn't do our coach's pep talk for Thursday Night Football uh, this week. So we're going to do the segment here. Uh, this week's pep talk comes to us from the – 2015 film Pixels, and we're dedicating it to Adam Gase and the New York Jets. Looks to me like someone forgot to send us the best of the best, oops, and instead dropped off a bunch of incontinent, adult diaper-wearing candy ass, cries himself to sleep, women, baby, man, people. What am I looking at right now? Are you guys soldiers or the cast of Magic Mike? You're going to fight or dance naked from now on, you maggots. When you poop your pants, you're going to be thinking of me. You know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, look, he's trying to – he's facing his old team. He's 0-5. He's probably out the door. That's probably the best he could do in the locker room. I mean, what, it's going to be Flacco again? And what an absolute train wreck that team is. I want no part of them. But I would would love to hear what – Gase is going to say to them in the locker room, like to pump them up, as I'm sure he wants this game against his old team. But the talent's just not there. He's just got a he's got a poster with the next coach fired with the first coach fired odds entering the year, and he's just got like Dan Quinn's name crossed off in blood, and Joe O'Brien's name crossed <laughs> off, in, or like green green paint, green Jets paint or something. <laughs> like, it's just like it's like yeah, I showed I showed them. Uh, that's about the only positive thing that's happened for Adam Gase this year. Uh, in the other game that we didn't talk about, uh, this one just does not seem like a very intriguing game. Uh, but the Cincinnati Bengals going on the road to face the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are seven and a half point favorites at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. The total is 46 and a half. I like the under. Uh, anything on this one stuff? Yeah, I kind of lean the under since he's been playing a little faster than they were early in the season. Though. Can't score. Um, they can't but yeah, score. they can't score. And that's and River the, the Colts are gonna be a snail with Rivers. He takes forever. And if they get a lead, they're just gonna run it. And I'm sure there's gonna be a heavy run script here after the mistakes last week. Uh and the Colts keep an eye on the injury to Darius Leonard. It is an important injury. But the Colts, look, Joe Burrow, this he's one of twenty-four for twenty-three yards on passes, twenty yards or more. One of 24 for 23 yards. I thought you were going to say to, to when targeting A.J. Green. Probably the same. Uh, yeah. I mean, A.J. Green's AJ Green's not even running routes anymore. Um, and uh, the Colts are – their defense, they can get pressure, and that's been a really big issue for the Bengals. And the Colts are number one in the NFL against short passes, and that's all this Bengals team is. Uh, so do I want to lay eight with Philip Rivers? No, I tease the Bengals, uh, the two, which I feel comfortable with. And I, I don't hate your under. Yeah, man. Philip Rivers. And this go, this kind of goes back to, uh, even when he was with the Chargers, but at home, uh, this e- this season two and O is the under, uh, but just going back to 2010, 49, 31 and one 61% toward the under. And I think it is kind of because of the way he plays where, uh, when you're at home, you generally have a little more of an edge. You can play a little run heavier, 
Uh, I wouldn't hate the Phillip Rivers under passing yards prop because uh, if things do get a little bit out of hand, you could see some Jacoby Brissett in this game. I would not be surprised uh, if Rivers makes some mistakes if we saw some Brissett. So, uh, yeah, that, that's where I am with that one. Uh, let's get into our survivor pool pick of the week. One pick. One chance to advance. Survivor. All right, Stuck. Incredibly, we both, both got knocked out last week uh, with two different teams, not much less. Uh, that stops a streak for me of 20 straight, no, 21 straight weeks, I think, with the you know, undefeated last year. So the, the, the Chiefs of all teams. Knock me out. The you, Chiefs knocked me out last year against the Colts. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, the Niners, of course. We, we talked about that. Uh, just no-showed against the Miami Dolphins. So, sorry to everyone out there. If you followed either of our picks, you were 0 for 2. So, uh, that, that's where that is. Uh, we're going to pick it up again, though, for anyone that happens to still be alive that didn't use the Chiefs or the, the Niners last week. Uh, where would you go this week? Uh, we uh, we'll still count the teams we already used. So uh, I used the Steelers, the Titans, the Colts, the Rams, and the Chiefs used the Bills, Browns, Colts, Rams, Niners. Uh, yeah, I'm devastated. I, I That game was <laughs> I mean, close to Niners. I didn't use the Chiefs. All the contests that I'm in uh, out in Vegas and elsewhere uh, going down, it would have been such a good spot after the Chiefs lost. But – it is what it is. And oh, by the way, look, the Chiefs, this is a, this is kind of a, a notice to my to my Ravens. Look, they should have lost to the Chargers. They lost to the Raiders. Last year in Survivor, they lost to the Colts. These teams that and the Colts never blitz. Don't these teams that don't blitz sit back. It's the only shot you have against the Chiefs. Uh just trying to get that out in the atmosphere and if the Ravens play the Chiefs in the playoffs again. Uh but uh this week, yeah, I gotta go with the Dolphins. What else are you really gonna trust them when they're playing the Jets? So Miami yeah same here and listen I could this is probably a pick I wouldn't normally make but the Jets are just running so bad uh and uh I feel like uh kind of playing with house money here since we already got eliminated so I I don't see a reason not to use the Dolphins you're probably not going to want to use them again even if they turn out to be a lot better uh than we thought entering the year so yeah Dolphins for me as well that is going to do it for the week six Action Network NFL podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, of course, uh, again, be sure to check out Stucky and Colin Wilson on the weekend recap episode uh, this Monday. We'll, they will preview both Monday night football games. We have the Cards and the Cowboys, and we also have the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. So two um, of the more interesting games of the week on Monday night. Of course, we have the Fancy Flex pod out every Wednesday and Colin and Stuck with the College Football Pod every Friday. So be sure to check out all of the podcasts on this channel. You can find Stucky on the Action Network app and on Twitter at Stucky2. And you can find me on the app and on Twitter at Chris Raybon. Good luck in week six. We'll be back next week. Until then, let's get this money. Go Ravens. We're finished talking.